Hey guys, welcome back to our third Kingdom Killers podcast. We are excited to have you here. Today we are talking about PTSD and marriage, which is kind of like a really good topic for us because we've had to go through it. The right. last five years have been really, really tough for us. Right. Um, and we'll be able to speak here, you know, about being the actual first responder that was going through mental health struggles and also being the spouse of that person as well. So um, we'll also give you some tips that kind of helped us as we went through it all too, in hopes to uh, maybe help you or your spouse, or maybe you're a mom or dad and your child and their spouse are going through it like that, just to give you a different idea and different ways that... Um, we can help you through this. So uh, the first thing I wanted to say was it takes two people to say I do and two people to say I don't in a marriage. So just remember that as you're going through these difficult times, it's not a, um, how do you say, it's not a shocker to know that a lot of first responders have multiple marriages. That's not a shock at all um, to people that are in this field, period. Um so this is, you know, our input, I guess, of how we've ended up sticking together this long, almost 10 years, mm -hmm. as both of us were first responders and so forth. So the first thing I wanted uh, to talk about is uh, just the fact of when a spouse is going through a mental health trauma, what you should and shouldn't do, maybe is the best way of putting it. Sure. Um, so for me, when I was going through my mental health trauma, the worst thing Jason could do was to tell me to just get over it. Not that you did very much, but I'm saying like, or I already felt the feeling of um, embarrassment and other things like that. And the idea of just telling him, just get over it. Like you're fine. Just get up and go, go to work the next day and whatever. And I think don't don't say that to people because they want to get over it. Your spouse does not want to be in the position they are in right now. Right. And you as somebody who's supposed to be there and like be their best friend and their love of their life to just tell them something that they're already struggling with is not a good thing to say. Right. And in turn, I would say something like, I'm here for you. What can we do together? Because it's not, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and you're so depressed, you're on the couch and blah, 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 blah. It's more of, you know, I see you're going through this. How can I help you? Right. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That you're exactly right. Like nobody wants to be dealing with it. So to just say, just get over it or to just deal with it or anything like that. That's probably actually how they got push that far in the first place is because they kept telling themselves that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to just continue to reiterate that is not going to be healthy for your guys' relationship. Um, yeah. I'm also going to say that this might ruffle a few feathers. What? You okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This might ruffle a few feathers here, but continue your sex life. You didn't know I was going to say that, did you? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> but you should. Yeah. So uh, a huge side effect for me 
when I was going through that is that I had like I didn't want to do anything ever. Like I was just like, get away from me. I, you know, honestly, it was never even a topic of conversation on my brain, which is very different from me historically in our marriage, you know, um, versus when I started to go through this and different medications can give you different side effects. And, you know, you, you when you're going through PTSD, there's so many things your brain is trying to process and help and, and all the things and like just the, the things that uh, marriage is built on intimacy really kind of just goes to the wayside to be honest so that was in our marriage that was something actually both of us when we were going through like the tough times actually experienced yeah we did it was um yeah you're right because the the way that i think it happens is that just like you're not thinking about something like that is because when your brain is doing in PTSD and it's doing fight or flight type stuff, well, there's not really sex is not really a topic for fight or flight. Like it's mm -hmm. not like saying, Oh, we got to get out of here, but maybe we should do this first. Now that might be funny because I'm sure there's some guys out there that'd be like, well, I'll still do it. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that. That's exactly why and that's, you know, that's why people wake up in the middle of the night too, is because your body's in fight or flight trying to deal with this memory. And it's basically saying, well, get up. We don't have time to sleep. We're in this uh, fight or whatever we're doing and we got to go then you're awake so your brain doesn't know the mm -hmm. difference so yeah i think um but it is healthy because it keeps it keeps the intimacy there and it doesn't there the tension of that of not having sex will that will that part will be away then mm -hmm. then you can focus on other things yeah and I think as a partner, if your spouse does not want you, like that's your viewpoint is like, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, you know, maybe, maybe she's looking at somebody else and wants to be with somebody else, even though that's kind of drastic. But I mean, once you, as a partner, you may feel like pushed away and that, and without that lack of, of connection mm -hmm. between the two of you that your partner may also feel like isolated and then gets really frustrated because why can't you work through these work problems, which then causes like, you know, more, more, more tension, tension yeah. and more issues because your partner's like, I don't know why I can't get through this. Like, and it's really frustrating. So then the spouse will end up feeling like helpless and hurt and then not get their needs met and then get angry and then more distance and, and like all the things. So overall in that area, I would just say, try to continue it as, um, actually have the conversation right. how about just have yeah. a conversation about it and right. say okay this this is kind of where i'm at i don't feel i don't feel like i want to do whatever or whatever whatever it is yeah because a lot of that medication can do that too yeah i think like when i first started some of that too it was like and this has never happened but it's like in our time of being married i think it was like a month long that i didn't it didn't even occur to me Mm -hmm. Like it didn't even like there was zero desire to do it 
for like a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something is like seriously wrong with me, <laughs> you know, um, especially from a guy's point of view, because like there's probably some people out there that would be like a month. Oh, my word. How did you do that? There was zero. Your body doesn't need it or want it because it's dealing with other things. Mm-hmm. So it's figuring out how to deal and process with other stuff. And you're, you know, if you're on new medications, things like that, that can, you know, be an imbalance or balance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, working through that, I think is, um, you know, some of that's hard, but you said it best. Like, just keep, keep the intimacy there even and to talk about it. Right. But like, if it's there, then at least you guys both know too that you're together in that way, right? You might not always see eye to eye on other things coming through on how to like process things, um, but at least you have that part of the marriage that is like a huge part of it. You know, the intimacy part of marriage is like one of the biggest parts yeah i think well yeah i mean i think we all can agree on that for sure and speaking from the spouse's point of view when he was like going through that time i'm sitting here like hmm something's up like i just remember thinking that all the time he's like oh i didn't even think about it there's like i don't i think that was the only time maybe in our marriage where i was like okay it's been a little while <laughs> other than that it's like vice versa well yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know how guys i get are. that yeah. yeah guys are different well and who knows maybe your marriage is different yeah we're, right, we're, it's right. The opposite. we're speaking from ours yeah from experience from experience um i will say though i wanted to to say this um study thing that i was looking up it's from the counseling and wellness center of south florida and it talked about that um, the study has shown that nearly 50% of veteran PTSD survivors, so that have survived PTSD, their marriage end in divorce. 50%. And they are three times more likely to have multiple marriages end in divorce as well, which I think is completely insane. I think it's completely unnecessary. I'm going to say it right now, like flat out, you may agree or not agree, but this is because the PTSD has not been handled properly. Yeah. And the side effects and the negative things and all that, and they're the open line of communication. Like, I'm not saying that it's so bad that you broke up because of PTSD. I don't want to say that. But I think that there are so many side effects of PTSD yeah. that are also covered or um, masked in different things. So, like, at some point we'll talk about this, but, like, addictions and alcoholism and, um, like, addictions to porn, addictions to sex, like, all these different things can be and are, like, responses to trauma trauma and traumatic events. So, I feel, like, from the outside perspective looking in, that... um, it's just really sad that all of these marriages have ended up in in divorce because of the traumas that they, that they have been through. Right. So right. that's something that Jason and I, that's why we're doing this podcast here together 
Like, I know this is kind of like, for me personally, this was like, we really need to do it. We really need to do it. But it's so important to have the spouse and, and a male on this as well to give his viewpoints and his um, recollections and his stuff going on at the same time, especially for this one. Right. Yep. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, you're exactly right when it's, you have to, you have to deal with the, the issues that are happening uh, at the time. Otherwise, you're right. It's just going to keep building and building and building. And that's probably why a lot of this stuff happens. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the marriages dissolve and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as a spouse, you know, looking um, from the outside of somebody that has gone through this, I think a, there's a couple different ways that you can probably help your marriage a little bit. And, um, I would say the first thing is just try to understand it. Like you're not going to know what they're going through no matter how much, but at least if you can understand a little bit about what it is and how it affects them, then maybe you'll have a different viewpoint of what's going on. Like you can do research. There's a Google everywhere there, you know, there's all the things everywhere that you can look. You probably have friends that have gone through it. Um, you can talk to a medical professional for advice. Like when you go in for your normal checkup, you know, Hey, my spouse is going through this. How, what's the best way of me to support them? Different things like that. Um, an open line of communication. So I think that's huge, not just in your marriage, but if your spouse is going through this, they're probably, hopefully at least getting into some sort of therapy to help them through it. So I know when I've gone through all my therapist has been like, bring in your husband, let's have him, let's give him, you know, an idea of how it all works and what, what we do here, just so they know how important this therapy is for, um, you to get through, you know, the different, the different traumas and stuff. Um, let's see, what were the other ones I wrote? Oh yeah. Focus on your marriage outside of the mental illness. And... I think one of the main things for me when I was going through it, and I was just like, hold, I like to call it hold up. Like I was holed up in my house because it was the winter. I just had our third baby. Like I, I love the sun and I love the heat and I love being outside, but we're in like January in Minnesota, which is absolutely freezing. And I don't like cold period. So you know, we just basically, that's all I knew what to do was to stay in the house. And that's where I only felt comfortable. Like I didn't feel like I was comfortable enough to even go to the grocery store. I didn't feel like I was comfortable enough to even go out where there was, um, crowds even like even small crowds, like out, out to a restaurant. Like I absolutely did not feel comfortable in that stuff. So I would say try to focus on your marriage outside of their mental illness. So like what type of quality time, expressing love, like physical connection, um, emotional connection, whatever you guys can do outside of what that person is going through will be really, really helpful for your marriage. Looking back, I wish we would have played phase 10 more <laughs> when I was going, when I was going through that, because that's been a, that card game has been a staple of our marriage. <laughs> it has. Yeah. Everywhere we go too. Yeah. 
It's fun to play, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I like it more because I'm usually the winner. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, but not kidding. Okay, (laughs) we may be a little competitive over here. But um, another one I would say is just make sure that as a spouse that you're taking care of yourself as well. And I know that's kind of hard, maybe especially if your spouse is working shift hours or something like that. But it's really important to to take care of yourself. So whether that, what is that self-care? I don't know. It could be exercising, going out with friends, reading books, journaling about it. I think that one's really important uh, too to focus on for, uh, you know, a spouse that's going, going through it. Another thing is finding support. So whether that be a family member, there's a ton of online forums that you can go to, to talk about marriage. Um, I would say getting into a Christian life group, getting into going to church in general and just talking to somebody about it when you feel comfortable. And um, I don't know, just just find support. Like I know NAMI, it's the National Association of Medical. Yeah. I, I just call it NAMI. So I don't know where <laughs> I can look. Well, it's .com or whatever. But when I when I've looked on there about different things that we can we could do and be a part of is there's a ton of online groups that you can be a part of too and you can remain somewhat anonymous and you know that can just give you uh, more insight. I would also add here in Minnesota we have a uh, like a women's and wives or spouses of um, police officers that group. So in your state or country wherever you are. Um, you might have that as well for your specific um, spouse's profession or something like that. So look at that. Um, what else did I want to say on that? Do you think, can you think of any things that you'd rather like being the one when I was going through it? What would you, what do you feel like you could have done better or you did good or um that's a good question i think that for like for doing the like good things i think that uh just kind of being there for you or just letting you do the things that you need to do and not being on your case about not doing something or you know uh like not bringing something up if it's like, oh, the house is not clean or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because life is still happening. Um, but I think that that's probably one of the good things to just note that you should not. It's a different, it's like a different phase of life now. So you shouldn't be thinking about the same stuff the same way. As before, I don't think. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But. I think for me, you, I remember times where I was like, I cannot go to work today when I was still working. Because when I was going through all this, I'm like, we just need to go take a drive. Mm-hmm. So then he would take off work with me too. And we'd have daycare for the kids. And we just go drive. Because I needed yeah. to get a handle on my emotions and my feelings and stuff. And see new sites yeah see new sites get out of the house do all the things um you know i think that really helped us too it's a good point yeah i think 
as you've gone through this, I've been super, um, I don't know, like sometimes I have high expectations for him as he's like, as we speak right now, we're still going through it. Like I have expectations, but like they're a little high sometimes. So this is kind of just reminding me a little bit as we sit here and talk about it that I just have to take your breath sometimes not be on your case so much about things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It's like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was, what is it? Three? Is that our third episode? That's our third episode. Our third one. Yeah. About PTSD and marriage. Um, you know, we opened it saying it takes two to say I do and two to say I don't, which, which is very true. So a marriage is, you know, for better or for worse, you know, so... You can't plan everything that's going to happen in your in your life personally and in your marriage. You just you just can't plan that. This is not a perfect world out there. It's not you can't just say something and like have a magic wand and it just work. Right. You know, marriage is work with or without PTSD or mental health struggles. You know, and then when you have this added in, it's actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, you know, there, there's times that we've had to talk about and be like, okay, so this is the path we're going. We need to recorrect. Like we've sat down with his parents and talked about it and my parents and talked about, we're just, something's going on here and we're not connecting the right way. We got to figure this out. Right. And, you know, I think that that was one of the big reasons why we're still here today together, you know, is we respect each other. And we can kind of understand it a little bit more because we each were first responders. Yep. But if you are a spouse that doesn't really know anything about being a first responder or anything, um, and just what your spouse selectively tells you about their day because they don't want to tell you every real thing about it, um, you know, it, it's your responsibility as a spouse to figure out how you can help them because they already don't know what's going on. They are. They already aren't happy with what's going on because they're not in control of it so um i i think as a spouse it's your responsibility to figure out okay i maybe have not come through it but i still need for a hot understand it and what to do and how we can help it you know right from there right so keep the lines of communication open between the two of you that's super important about feelings and if your spouse isn't a talker about feelings mine wasn't either and then I just had to rip it out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's basically been day one, too, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hang tight. Um, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Kingdom Killers. We're on Facebook as well. Take a picture of this and what you thought about it and um, add it to your social media story. Or just shoot us a message and um, just tell us what you're liking about it. So... Uh, this is something we definitely feel called to do, so um, we are excited to have all of you here, and we will see you next time.